I've spent the last few years working for one of the largest shockwave clinics in North America, and I've learned a thing or two about the power and untapped potential of regenerative medicine. But the march towards a future where sickness is healed from its root cause is challenged by the influence of big pharma and their deep pockets. So now we're forced to answer questions like, how do we get rid of joint pain, take back our performance in the bedroom, and heal diseases from the inside out without band-aid medications or negative side effects? This show will give you the answers. Follow along as I interview the world's top experts and doctors and how they transform their lives and their patients' lives using the newest advances in biotechnology. I'm your host, Austin James Wolf, and you're listening to Modern Biotech Radio. Hey, what's going on, Modern Biotech Pioneers? So today I'm visited by Scott McKay. Uh, he helps men live their best lives. And we're, today we're going to talk about what it really means to be a man and how to be the best person you can be. So how's it going, Scott? Thanks for joining. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. So uh, give, our, give our listeners a little bit of what you do, what you specialize in. Oh, well, you know, we've been helping both men and women uh, get better at interacting with the other gender and ultimately finding love for over 15 years now. And I've always been thrilled at the caliber of guys who come to me, you know, guys like Navy SEALs, military officers, yeah. doctors, famous people, uh, even like uh, mayors of cities you've heard of, and right. regular guys too. Um, men of character who want to go from good to great and who really are sick of not just getting the kind of woman who ends up with them, but really becoming a chooser and, and getting the kind of relationship they've always wanted with the right woman for them. Right. Um, one question that pops into my mind is what sort of common trait do all these men have in common? Most of these men have high character. They want to leave the world a better place. They want to do the right thing. They have a right. core belief system that allows them to do the right thing when nobody else is looking. Their yes is yes. They make promises and keep them. Uh, they're also men who believe that masculinity is meant to be virtuous, despite what the media may say in the opposite direction. Right. They love women. They respect women. And they also deeply respect the power of femininity. Yeah. And they so want to be heroes. Right. So let's say I'm a guy, I just got out of a bad relationship. It's been a couple months. I'm, I'm ready to jump back into the dating game. Yeah. And I, and I come to you for help. What would you do to help me? Well, the first thing we do is let you chime in on, on where you are and where you want to be. Okay. Because the last thing we want to do is take you through a program that's kind of a prepackaged, prefab thing and it not be right for you. Right. And, um, that means that we give you kind of a questionnaire. It helps you really get in touch with where you are right now, where you want to be. And then we have a planning process that helps us put that strategy together to take you to where you want to be. And guys find that, that that's really super uh, exciting when they, um, when they see that plan and can visualize it. Because sometimes when you start getting towards the end of it, it seems rather ambitious right now. But it's my job to see that light at the end of the tunnel and know that that light is actually you, the guy who's going to walk through it and sense that and, and see big things in the bigger picture and have a greater vision for that guy, perhaps even than he has coming into it. Right, right. Can you give me an example of what these guys go through? I know that everyone's plan is different and individual, um, but can you give me sort of a, I guess, generalized breakdown of sure. what a guy will experience? Well, there's lots of different things, uh, lots of different situations guys are coming out of. Sometimes right. guys are... Uh, don't have a whole lot of experience with women, especially the right kind of women. And they want right. to really gain some mastery in terms of being attractive to women, understanding women, how to talk to women, how to make them feel safe and comfortable in your presence. A lot of other guys have kind of lost touch with what 
masculinity really represents. You know, we know how to be macho. We know how to impress our buddies. But what is it that really turns women on? Right. And we focus on that sometimes. Sometimes guys are shy. Sometimes guys have come out of a relationship with uh, someone who was really narcissistic or manipulative or, or really just not a nice person. Yeah. And yet they were manipulative enough that they left the guy thinking he was the bad guy. Right. And that, that really messes with you. And, and getting that fresh start and kind of untangling that bird's nest and realizing, hey, you know, this isn't about all women being crazy or all women being one way or the other, but we're all individual human beings and we have to take each other as we come on a case-by-case basis. Those are, those are some of the examples. Some guys struggle deeply with online dating and apps because it right. just seems like, you know, how do I stand out from the crowd? How do I get this particular woman to notice me when 200 guys have swiped on her already today? It, the list goes on and on. Some guys come to us because they want to get out from an, under a dead-end job or from being a cubicle jockey and finding more purpose right. and, and doing what they were called to do and, and really, you know, someday leave the world a better place than they found it, uh, really tune in to what their purpose here is, uh, get some ambition, gain some drive, and be location independent so that they can call their own shots and experience true freedom, you know, right. all those right. things. You're a very passionate guy. I love it. I love how expressive you are. Now, one th- one thing I want to ask you is, what do you think it means to be a man? What What do you think is masculinity? Masculinity, as a man, first of all, let's let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. I personally believe that masculinity and femininity are not social constructs. They're deeply archetypal, ingrained components of our human being. Mm-hmm. Okay our soul as it were. It's been that way for years. I've been to 110 countries and everywhere I've been, women are women and men are men. It's like an international language, not unlike mathematics. (coughs) Right. So what is masculinity and femininity? I believe they are the basic catalyzing building blocks of sexual attraction. Okay. Masculinity polarizes femininity and creates the sexual attraction that causes us to populate the earth. Right. And continue and furthering, furthering the circle of life. So, interestingly enough, the bigger vision uh, of what created us, who created us, whatever your belief system is, it is what it is, right? It's something that was not created by us. It is such that masculinity and strength provides and protects and enables femininity mm-hmm. to happen. And femininity, you know, sometimes I, I, I talk to people who are rather hostile to this message of masculinity and femininity right. being what I believe they are. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes women come from a perspective of it's time for men to stop being masculine, let women take over and be the masculine ones for a while. Yeah. And the dirty trick that gets played on society there is that if you portray masculinity as toxic, then not give it anything else to replace it with except backing off that's not really turning masculinity into femininity. That's just kind of casting it out into a void. Right. So what happens is oftentimes women who are fed up with, you know, maybe legitimately having been hurt by some masculine types in this world, right. decide it's our turn to be masculine. We want to be the strong ones. We want to fight. We want to lead. We want to provide and protect. We want to make the, bring them the bacon and fry it up in the pan. And, and I always tend to catch people who feel like that off guard and you know there's some men among them too when i say i believe femininity is actually the higher calling they're like 
tell me more. <laughs> right. And see, I believe femininity represents everything we live for on weekends. Joy, happiness, <laughs> fun, play, yeah. comfort. Right. All these wonderful things that femininity bring into the world. We as men are the providers, protectors, and enablers of that to happen. Right. And the beauty of it is we as men, when, when we do our freaking job as men in this regard, in the, in the virtuous sense, we're the beneficiaries of those, of those gifts. Right. It's fantastic. It's, it's an archetypal hero's journey thing in life that, that, you know, we give everything we've got on the battlefield for the love of a great woman to support our families, to, to do right, to be heroes. And the woman responds with the gratitude bestowed upon the man as that joy and comfort and rest and recharging our batteries as warriors. And, you know, when it's, when it's explained like that, very few people ever talk about this in that context. Right. But I've also noticed very few people argue with it. And the beauty of it is when many women understand this and they really consider the gravitas of how we didn't create this, that it's archetypal within us and has existed ubiquitously for eons, that's actually kind of nice and it's fair to everybody and, and it, it works. And the beauty of it also is women can celebrate it, men can celebrate it. And when you understand how the machine, if you will, operates, it's rather like learning to drive a manual transmission or ride yeah. a motorcycle with a clutch because once you know how the clutch works, it's a lot easier to learn how to handle the machine. And I believe mastering the understanding of masculinity and femininity, which we've just given a glimpse into, right. is understanding how a clutch works. And it just opens up a world of opportunity to, to do better with women if you're a man and indeed yeah. understand how men work if you're a woman. And, um, you know, if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy, the very simple way to talk about it is, you know, you have needs that are in a pyramid structure. The baseline is oxygen. You know, once you get out from underneath the swimming pool and can breathe again and take the concrete shoes off, you realize, hey, I'm hungry. I could use a hamburger. And then, you know, if people are shooting at you and you fear for your life, you got to get that taken care of. But once those basic sustenance needs are taken care of, which men provide, okay, we're the providers and the protectors. Then higher up that, hierarchy or the self-actualization and the esteem and all the fun things that we always hope we can get to. And that's why femininity is the higher calling. Right, right. Now, have you ever um, coached a man who was completely content with his femininity and didn't want to be masculine and wanted a woman who was masculine? No. <laughs> right. And, right. I mean, right. I'm not saying those guys don't exist. Right. Well, an ultra easy answer. I just don't think they'd come to me. Right, I, I was going to say I'm their Huckleberry. Yeah, I was going to say that men who are actively seeking a coach to help them out with this are probably masculine to begin with. Well, I've had guys who, very well, to kind of put some spin on what you're saying. Okay, I can I can illuminate it this way. I've had guys who came off very much just like neuter humans, right? Who didn't understand the absolute visceral horsepower. Of, of sexuality as mm -hmm. a man. Right. But invariably, here's the funny thing, Austin. Whenever I have guys who want to meet women online, I say, okay, and, and this is how I work with them one-on-one, you know, yeah. rather than just giving them 
a bunch of theories and saying, you know, have at it. I have them send me usernames and profiles of real actual women in their member in their uh, metropolitan area and yeah. we write to them. I've been at this for 15 years. I've never had a guy send me thing, send me anyone other than a feminine woman. Right. Right. <laughs> long hair dresses and fingernails yeah. and are saying, Oh my God, you know, little cute little things they do. And they just seem sunny and happy and perky yeah. and all about the fun and all about the party and all about, you know, being soft and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Invariably, even the guys who don't understand the power of the masculinity that they're missing out on, they're just kind of being Mr. Neuter, nice guy, you know, right. Um, those guys, when they're, when, when, you know, the scales are, are, are off and their, their, their eyes are open. Yeah. They're like, wow. And then they, of course, many times go out and their world's changed. Interestingly enough, if you, if you look, I was just talking about this with someone very recently. If you go look at some of the Hollywood actors, who women are just crazy for. It's not that they have such chiseled, handsome features. It's how they carry themselves and the confidence and the body language and the, the masculinity that exudes from them. I mean, think of Matthew McConaughey. He played a, a, a character who was dying of AIDS and, and made himself as physically hideous as he could for the movie. Right. And guess what? It worked. I mean, it went pretty well for him to do yeah. that. But women love that guy. And, it, you know, it, it, it's mostly because of his laid back, I got this handled, everything. Yeah, you know, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, Ryan Gosling also has a very feminine face. He's got a lot of feminine features. The notebook right. and everybody, everybody. Oh, he's loves a good looking dude. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, he's very good looking. I, I think more in terms of guys like, like Mark Wahlberg, like Marky Mark, who's an average <laughs> looking dude. Oh, or yeah. David Duchovny is average looking oh, yeah, dude, yeah. but in Californication, women just are like, Rah. oh, my God. And, 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 you know, Mark Wahlberg is just so masculine, how he carries himself, you know, that women are just like, yeah, I want a piece of that. And, and, it, and it's a visceral feeling. Yeah. It's not, you're so handsome. It, it's kind of like how women love firemen calendars. Because they like the idea <laughs> right. of a fireman rescuing them and being a hero and being this protector. It's just so manly, they want to just explode. So, so, and, so how does a guy unleash his masculinity? Let's say he's lost it over the years. Yeah. Like maybe he's been in marriage for like 10 years and yeah, just starting to lose withered. it. Yeah. yeah. So, so how does he get it back? Well, I think first of all, again, it's learning how the clutch works. Like okay. we just talked about. Yeah. You know, once you realize, oh, okay. So it isn't that masculinity is all about buying her a new car. Right. It isn't all about just saying yes, dear. And hope being Mr. Nice Guy and hoping she's okay with your passivity and take her out on a date and going, where do you want to go? And having her just go, oh, take me to the Walgreens so I can get tampons and then take me right back home. You know, it's like, well, what did I do wrong? Right. You know, kind of to get to the visceral heart of this matter, Austin, what's going on is, is post-modernity, what I call the suburban sleepwalk, yeah. has insulated us from really having to do manly stuff as what part is, of our daily routine. What's, like, the, what's the suburban sleepwalk? Oh, the suburban sleepwalk is, you know, we have in this nice, safe little neighborhood. Nothing ah, bad right. ever happens to us. We can go to the grocery and buy our hamburgers. Right. We don't have to go hunting. Um, no, you know, we can leave our doors unlocked at night. We get into our car. My wife's new car doesn't need me anymore. I don't even have to back up. I, I mean, I'm, I can drive a, a truck with a trailer behind it. I can back up and get it mm, right there with the trailer. I can drive that thing. It doesn't need me anymore. Right. You put a button and it parks itself parallel parking. I'm like, 
I like the fact I know how to freaking parallel park. Yeah. We're getting the need to be masculine. Right. The need to be provider, the need to be a protector, the need to even have a job <clears throat> vis-a-vis the current crisis that's going on where we're, the government's just sending people checks. Right. Guys are like, this is freaking great. I don't even have to move out of my parents' nest. My mommy <laughs> can do my, my you laundry. know, laundry. Yeah, I cook my dinner for the rest of my life. I could just sit here and, and watch life happen on TV, play video games, and lick the Cheeto dust off my fingers. Right. And then they wonder why women aren't, aren't attracted. Right. It's like, well, there's nothing to be attracted to. There's no visceral masculinity out there. Yeah. Now, I don't think I'm bad. Don't box. No karate, as the old R&B song says from the early 80s, right? I'm not a badass, okay? Right. So why would a Navy SEAL, I've had three Navy SEALs hire me for in-person coaching now. Why would they do that? Well, because I know how to make women feel that visceral attraction. And it's more than just being a badass. Yeah. How do I make a woman feel safe and comfortable in my presence? Several years ago, I had the incredible privilege to hang out with the Maasai guys in Kenya. And, and you know, the Western world kind of goes, what a bunch of primitive guys. Right. They're looking at us going, what a bunch of wusses. Right, yeah. <laughs> you guys need to man up. You know, these guys can, like, use their arms and scare away lions from their children. You know, yeah. I mean, this is, this is visceral providing and protecting stuff. And the thing is, you feel more alive yeah. when you're doing these manly things. Like, anytime we rescue a woman in a certain way, even if it's just getting a can of corn from a higher shelf than she can reach, we feel something. We feel not just vindicated validated and i know right. that sounds almost like there must be something the heck wrong with your with your self-esteem but you know something's got to validate us in life and it's amazing right. it's that simple well understanding how the clutch works helps us understand masculinity as women define it which is what turns women on and women are like a lot of guys are like i'm not going to some check to find my masculinity well you misunderstand masculinity because if masculinity is the building block with femininity of sexual attraction you darn skippy better figure out how women define it. Right. And the good news is we as men get to define what's feminine and turns yeah. us on. You know, yeah. women, women are still pretty good at that because it's so visual and it's still kind of a-okay to be a feminine woman in this society. You can be an empowered feminine woman. Like my daughter is a BMX racer and has been since age five. So she's tough and gritty and has, you know, can make decisions and mental toughness and all these wonderful, confident things that yeah. are not gender specific, by the way. Women right. are weaklings. But she also likes pink and purple and likes to giggle and likes to bring joy and comfort to stuff. We know it when we see it. We like it. And, and women are the same way. It's a right. feeling, not a decision. And your ability to provide and protect and enable that feminine nature to be freed up in a woman, you know, a single mom, if you can take her on a two-hour vacation and tell her you've got everything handled when she's used to spending all those plates with daycare and job and feed yeah. the kids, feed them, and oh my God, stress, she's going to love you for it. Right. Well, yeah. So, so, you know, you're very knowledgeable on this. I'm sure you weren't born with all this knowledge. What, what, what journey did you have to go through to figure this all out? Oh, what a great question. You know... I grew up in the suburban sleepwalk. Right. And I had this yearning 
to do something more manly, but I really couldn't put my finger on it. I just didn't feel like I was all that prepared for manhood. I felt like a human. You know, my parents thought I was smart and should crack a book instead of playing sports. You know, we lived in, you know, suburban Baltimore, Maryland. My dad was always like, oh, yeah, you know, being a mechanic or getting dirt under your fingernails, that's something you hire someone else to do. Right. But I didn't like it. Right. So I had job opportunities doing my, my, my first profession, my, my first, you know, previous life. And one of them was in Florida, and one of them was in Yuma, Arizona, which is one of the hottest small towns in the country in the middle of the Sonoran Desert. Looks like Wile E. Coyote, Clint Eastwood movie. If you've ever seen, you know, the movie, that's where they had the Yuma Territorial Prison. That's where they sent the bad guys to rot in the heat all summer long. Yeah. I said, I'm in. <laughs> I moved to Yuma. And for the next couple of years, I rode sport bike motorcycles 100 Holy miles shit. an hour in the desert with all my Marine Corps buddies. And, yeah. and I'm like, ah, I like this. Yeah. And, and I've never really looked back. And it's funny because I can go home for Thanksgiving and, and much of my family is still kind of doing the suburban sleepwalk. Yeah. And I'm the black sheep of the family, you know, because I'm different. And I've gone to wrenching motorcycles and strapping helmets on my little kids and sending them out to scuff up their knee. And we go out RVing and my wife and I take trips to North Korea for fun. And, you know, oh we're my weirdos now. You know I mean? We just decided we're going to go out and live. And yeah. I, I think, Austin, a lot of guys, what the suburban sleepwalk does, it, is, it doesn't only make you – it renders an idea in your mind, which I think is, is toxic. This is the real toxic idea. Right. That your masculinity no longer matters anymore. You can just get by being a humanoid. Yeah, you can, you can mull through it. Right. And then what happens as an end result is people have never felt that adrenaline rush associated with being alive. Yeah. They don't even know what an adventure feels like anymore. They just tune into TV and go, oh, look, there's someone doing something cool. Yeah, so let's say, interesting. So, so let's say I, I want to – take back my manhood in seven days. What, what should I do in those seven days to get it back? Woo! <laughs> um, actually, you know, here's the thing. You know, I have a program for guys called Invincible, which you can download to your iPod, and it gives you everything you need to know. As a matter of fact, Austin, I'll send it to you for free since you're hosting the show. Thank you Other guys, sure. I got a 50% coupon for you. And where can, where, can, where can our listeners find it? Uh, how about if I send you to mountaintoppodcast.com front slash invincible. Okay. I'll do that for you. Mountaintoppodcast.com forward slash invincible. It'll cost you $47 and 50 cents, which is Easy. less than you paid for the bat, your last bad date. Oh yeah. And it is a crash course in doing exactly what we talked about. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not a hard guy. I'm very relatable. Remember I've been there. I've done that. I've, I've gone through this journey myself, kind of complete the thought about, you know, did I already always have this going? You know, even after I moved away from Arizona, my first marriage was to a woman who who suffered from some very serious psychoses, and I became mm -hmm. codependent of that. Right. And I was a shell of myself after after my first marriage was over. I mean, she made me believe I was a bad guy, even though everybody else said I did everything right. And that yeah. just makes you feel like a victim. Right. And that victimhood is going to really rob you of your masculinity because there's no personal power in victimhood. Yeah, it's not empowering. It's disempowering. Right. So part of being a man, this is a freebie, is taking ownership 
of what you can own because that's the first step of being a provider and a protector is, is, is realizing I'm not powerless. And right. so I didn't want to be a victim anymore. So I said, I'm going to learn how to understand women and I'm going to be, which by the way, I put that to the test. I've done a pretty good job for a, for a dude, according to women. Second of all, I'm going to do what I call deserving what I want. I'm going yeah. to be the kind of man those women are going to be attracted to. Not just like I have this entitlement where women should want me and I'm going to trick them into my bed. No, I learned to really love women again Yeah, because they're there to bolster and appreciate and celebrate my masculinity as long as I understand it and I get it right. Right. And that was transformational and I've never looked back. And now I am married to quite literally a woman who is better than I could have designed her had I sent a job wreck to God. Just my, my perfect honey for me. Yeah. And we have a blissful relationship. It's still hot. It's still wonderful. And our kids even like each other. And here's, here's a hint for the guys. You know, if you want cute kids who you actually like, first of all, work on your self-esteem. Marry a woman you connect with because then you'll like each other. And then if she's hot, you'll have cute kids. You'll <laughs> yeah. like them because they're, you know, you like yourself. It's kind of a nice little a nice little formula. <laughs> yeah, it is. I make it sound easier than it is, I'm sure. But it, it, once you start getting all this firing on all cylinders, guys, if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. I mean, it just starts, the pieces start falling into place. Because this is, this is how we're born to be. This is the design. Right. When the design's wrecked, you know, because of natural entropy, that's one thing. But, you know, it's like an airplane. It wants to fly. Yeah. You're a man. You want to be masculine. Right. You shouldn't be sitting on the tarmac. Right. I love that. What's something that's true for you that almost no one else agrees with you on that you haven't said already? <laughs> oh, boy. You're wanting to stir the pot, aren't you? Yeah. No one else agrees with me. You, it's true, but no one else agrees with you. That no matter what the news says about the hot spots in the world, Yeah and the governments and what it's like over there, it's almost never as bad as the media makes it out to be. Right. And it's almost always actually kind of wonderful. Yeah. The and news only reports usually, right. mostly negative things. I have a video. And I mentioned North Korea earlier. I have a yeah. video of my wife dancing in the park with the dearest, sweetest North Korean grandpa who twirls oh. her around and just is glad to meet someone from the United States. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to pick up and move to North Korea. Right. Okay. But people are surprised they even let us in. Yeah. You know, um, We got kicked out of a dinner party. Was, well, they ended it early. After we said circa 2010 that we went to a few majority Muslim countries in the Middle East and we have never met nicer, more hospitable people in our entire life who loved kids. Oh. They're like, that's impossible. They're trying to kill us all. Take over oh, the wow. world. So, no, they were very wonderful, nice people. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was an affront to, you know, being American, I guess. Yeah, right. You know, um, but that's, the, you know, that was an interesting question. I love hard questions. That's the first thing that came to mind. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. Who's, who's one of your heroes? Wow. My heroes. I'm a huge fan of Teddy Roosevelt. Why? Well, because I just think he cared. I think he, I think, yeah. first of all, he had multiple life purposes. You know, you can say yeah. that what he did in the Spanish American war was 
misguided. You yeah. know, that, that should never have happened. But here you have a guy who got shot very shortly before giving a political speech and held his chest together and gave the, gave the speech anyway. Right. You know, he founded the national park system, basically. Right. And he just was very manly. Another yeah. guy I love is David Livingston. Who's he? Who, a British explorer who basically was the first Westerner to see much of Eastern Africa. Oh, wow. And, and the first thing you think about that is, you know, he went there and was, he ransacked the place. Right. Two very interesting things about Livingston is first, he was a connector. He would travel from one place to the next and say, hey, we just visited these guys over there and they send you their greetings. They love you guys. They'd love to be friends. Right. And they're good. Right. Second of all, at that point in history, which was the mid 18th century, um, sorry, mid 19th century, uh, there was a slave trade going on. You know, the Americans and the British aren't the only people ever to, to own African slaves. Right, right. The Arab Peninsula was running a slave trade back and forth from East Africa. And, and David Livingston was an abolitionist before being an abolitionist was cool or necessary. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about a political, it wasn't to increase his Twitter followers. What, what era <laughs> was doing, did he live in? Uh, mid 1800s. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he was, he knew the purpose, he knew how to connect. Right. He was, he very much respected life regardless of people's skin color. Yeah. And yet he was a flawed man. He wasn't known for being the most together leader. He wasn't known for having his ducks in a row and being really detail oriented. You right. had to kind of, there were some hairy moments because he didn't plan. And I mean, right. but at the same time, what kind of great, what kind of adventure, how much adventure do you have to have knowing that's a deficit and you're still going to go anyway? Yeah. You know, and I just love that guy, you know? Yeah. And those are the kind of people I really like. You know, I, I think I admire some of the, some of the movies and movie stars and fictional characters too. And I can relate to a lot of them. Give me, give me uh, one. Uh, well, if you guys haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari, <laughs> I haven't Carol yet. Sh oh boy, it's a great movie. I, I just want to jump in that movie and, and hang out with those guys. You yeah. know, I, I just want to be one of those guys. Um, I've, I was always a Steve McQueen fan. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these people who are old school get in trouble with the cancel culture crowd and, and, and perhaps understandably so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I always loved how John Wayne in his movies could be a hardened guy, but still have a heart. Right. You know, like yeah. if you ever see the original version of true grit, you know, the, the little teenage gal drives him nuts, but she knows that he, he's actually got a soft heart under all that. Right. And I think you can be a good man. I don't think you have to be this macho jerk, selfish, destructive guy to be someone who knows how to protect. Yeah. Someone who knows how to restore order and preside over a situation. And those are the guys I've always loved. You know, a yeah. lot of times nowadays you see a lot of anti-hero stories. You know, where <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Quentin Tarantino loves to do this, right? You know, you can't possibly root for anybody in, in Pulp Fiction. They're all horrible. Breaking yeah. Bad is a, an incredible television epic, but there's no one worth rooting for in the entire movie, an entire show except Walter White's wife, and she's the one everybody can't stand. Yeah, I mean, everyone hates just, her. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only decent person in the whole incredibly long, drawn-out, character-rich saga. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, 
I think that's that's a a device that's used to keep us intrigued, and right, and it's one that's used a lot nowadays. But you know, I love guys who who mean it. I love yeah. guys who are trying. Right. Um, not to get all political, but I I've become a fan of Dan Crenshaw. Who is that? The, the, the congressman from Texas, rather newly elected with the eye patch. Oh, yeah, I've seen pictures of him. I just think he knows how to maintain control even when he's just getting the hammer dropped on him. You know, even vis-a-vis whatever antics the president of the United States make it hard for him to be in the same party with. Dan Crenshaw, he's a former Navy SEAL, and those guys are just even. And they're sponges for information. That's what I love about them. That's why those guys come to me. They're like, okay, you know how to to leverage masculinity or whatever you want to call it to make women love you, how to have relationships. I'm here to learn. Right. You know, it's like, I don't need you to be a Navy SEAL. I'm already one. Right. You know, you're not going to be a Navy SEAL. Forget about it. But right, right. I'm going to take everything you got home with me. Right. And I'm like, when I figured out that's what they do, yeah. I was like, oh, that's why these guys are so unbelievably easy to coach because they yeah. understand they have a clear the objective. power of information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I love it. I just love it. I, I mean, um, Jocko Willink is a supporter of oh, our yeah. show. With uh, Origin Maine, Origin Maine is a, a a sponsor of the Mountain really? Top podcast, and I, I I was so honored when they said it resonated with the message in terms of getting better with women that yeah. our show had because they were looking for a show like that. That's incredible, and, and I just think Jocko is is really good at being more macho and manly than any of us could ever hold a candle to, while still oh, yeah. being down to earth and being a, a real dude. Right? Yeah, I respect, love it. The yeah. first encounter I ever had with him was his book, and. I remember it changed, extreme I was, ownership. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it on audio uh, when I was in Seattle, and it changed my life. I was like, right. "Oh my god, this is this is how I need to live my life. This is incredible." You know, less people think I'm really po- politically bent, and I'm really kind of a centrist. I I love thinking for myself because I think that's a masculine thing to do. Not be a sheep. I think powerless victims tend to be the first to fall right into line with whatever they're told to believe, and I don't yeah. think men do that. Right. I love Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs. Because he's an incredibly talented coach, and he does, he's over himself. He doesn't need your accolades. He's got a wry sense of humor. He doesn't care what people think of him, although he's doing his best to be the right guy. He yeah. will tell you what he thinks, even if it's unpopular. And he built a team full of people like him. Yeah. You know, you look at, at, at Tim Duncan, he was Mr. Fundamental, one of the greatest players of all time, no ego. Manu Ginobili. Great, incredible, high-energy player. Completely different player than than um, than Tim Duncan, but a great down-to-earth dude. And every time you get players on that team, they're guys who are over themselves. Yeah. And I love this idea of excelling and being the very best at what you can be, not because you want to beat your chest and say, hey, look at me. Right. Feel disrespected if someone doesn't give you props or whatever, but just because – that's your purpose. Yeah, the that's what that. you're here to do, and you're going to be the best at it. And who cares what the Lakers fans think? I love it. Love that stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing I'm trying to get better at. Is you know, I have this. My self esteem is very high, to put it that way. But yeah, I also you look want to, like a guy who's confident. Thank you. But I also yeah. I also want to remain very humble. You know, humility is. I don't know. I think it's one of the most respectable traits of people is humility, especially people. Say thank you a lot. Apologize when you're wrong. Don't blame other people. Talk about ideas. 
not other people. If, if they're assholes, yeah. if they're problematic, just distance yourself. Don't right. get drawn into that fray. That's something even Jocko talks a lot about. Really? Yeah. Well, he has a story he told uh, on one of his shows where, you know, the question came up, what do you do when you're Jocko Willink and, and some sniveling little butt wipe butts in front of you in line? And he goes, nothing. He goes, nothing? You're not going to grab his ass by the shoulder and throw yeah, him to the back of the line like a monster? No. Yeah. I got, that's not a hill I'm going to die on because it's not going to teach him anything. Until he decides to change on his own, he's going to get his just desserts in life by being a butt wipe. Right. And I just okay, I don't I, want to make a scene. It's not I, worth it. I, I have nothing to prove to that guy. I got a question I for you. that was amazing. No, I, I love that. I love that. that. That brings up something. I, I remember I was listening to another, actually another dating coach. And I want to get your opinion on this. Uh -oh. uh, he, yeah, he was at the gym and some other dude was on the equipment mm -hmm. and there was a, like the gym was packed, right? And so the dating coach walks up to him and says, hey man, uh, while you're resting, the guy was just sitting there. He goes, while you're resting, is, is it okay if I hop on a set with you? And the guy goes, no. And uh, the dating coach is like, yeah, you know, I, you know, usually I just leave it alone because, you know, I do me. But then he stopped and then he looked at the guy and was like, hey, man, that's really not cool. And then the dating coach went on to explain why he said that. He's like, I could have just gone on and gone my separate way and never thought about it again. But then he thought, I might be doing this guy a disservice by not letting him know that what he's doing isn't cool. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think he was in the green and the yellow? I think that's a cop out. Yeah, really? I don't, I, that guy's not going to learn anything. He knows right. exactly what kind of asshole he is. Ah, okay. I solved the problem by going at six in the morning when no one's there. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, the gym is not a place to prove your testosterone. Right. You know, it, it's just, I, that's what a bunch of immature little young bulls on the hill do. Right. Each other. Of course. And you've heard yeah. the story right. about, about the young bull on the hill and the old bull on the hill and the young bull on the hill. They're looking at a bunch of a valley full of cows. Right, below. right. And the young bull goes, oh, let's run down there and get one. And the old bull goes, let's walk down there and get them all. Right, right. It's funny because you, you don't appear to be very old. You would be, you would be uh, MTV's definition of someone who appears to be younger than 25. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I get guys your age and younger come to me all the time. I've had guys not understand why that's a funny joke. Really? Okay. What's the point of that joke? I don't get it. Why, why right. can't you just run or walk and get one or get all? I don't get it. But of course, anyone who knows anything about how you succeed wildly in life, be it with women or anything, yeah. understands why that's such an incredibly fun and powerful joke, actually. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I think if you've got, you know, all these young guys in the NBA, I feel disrespected. Guess what? When you're doing something worthwhile and when you start getting notoriety because of it, yeah. someone's going to disagree with you and someone's not going to like it or else you're doing it wrong. Agreed. When you try to please everybody, you'll please nobody. Right. And if for some reason you are pleasing everybody, something's awry. You're not focused enough. Right. You're not, you're not risking enough. So, you know, if the guy's going to be an ass wipe about, you know, I'm going to stay on this thing and sweat all over it and you can go, yeah. All good. Right. You know, if you don't like it, you don't like people like that, then come at a different time, buy your own homes, home stuff, you know, make enough money where you can 
build a room under your house into a home gym. Right. Now, lest I sound like I'm a total pacifist, I've had at least twice during the tenure of my marriage where I've had to risk my life to stand up for my woman's honor. Oh, wow. that mattered. Right, yeah. And there have been times, and I, I thought one time that guy was going to kill me. Yeah. I thought he was probably armed and was going to kill me, but I wasn't going to let him be rude to my wife. Right. And he was one of these guys with a mullet and like a tattoo that looked like it had been drawn by a drunk buddy at three oh, in the dude, morning. And, and those guys died. are, yeah. Yeah. Those guys <laughs> yeah. are completely, completely oh, yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. They don't care. Right. And I've also had times where my wife, maybe her and a BFF were at a restaurant and they were disrespected by a male manager. Yeah. And I went back and had words with the manager. Yeah. And it's funny how those guys are twice my size and they always back down because people who do that by definition are pussies. Right. Anybody who thinks they have to show their strength vis-a-vis women or children or someone smaller than them. It's kind of like that scene in Tombstone. Which one? Where no one goes to the bar anymore because this big guy slap around people and calling them names when he's dealing the cards and, you know, and Wyatt Earp just goes in there and, gets up and slaps him in the face and slaps him again. And the big guy goes off whimpering. Yeah, that's about right. Right. Yeah. You know, real men don't have anything to prove. Mm-hmm. Another thing that goes along with this. I love where this conversation's going. Yeah. A lot of times guys will feel provoked by women. Yeah. Like the women will call them names or the woman will start something. The guys feel like, you know, and God, the guys are around. They're like, well, I've got to shot this woman down or, show some power over or I'm not going to be a man. The opposite's true. Yeah. You walk away from any woman who's in a power struggle with you. You don't even engage it because you cannot look more manly by powerfully subduing a woman. Right. It can't happen. Now, notwithstanding, you know, John Wayne spanking his girlfriend in McClintock and stuff like that, you know, that's a theatrical device. Right. Not in the real world. Right. You walk away from it. And, if someone calls you names, they're just trying to provoke you. Yeah. And, and don't be provoked because there's nothing manly about beating up a woman or, or getting one up even in a yeah. verbal argument by shouting her down. Who's, and and that's, a, that's, a, that's not a high-quality woman who would try to put a man in that. that right. Position. Right. You, you just brought up something that reminded me. Uh, as far as fictional devices go, you know, characters are written. They're supposed to represent something. Who do you think – is the ideal man in fiction who is like the ideal man that people should aspire to have traits of oh wow is that an incredibly broad i mean you know because you wrote fiction and i dare not say jesus christ right 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 um fine ideal 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 fictional character from the past hundred years from the past hundred years you know I, i i'm more drawn to the idea of instead of fictional characters, because I am kind of drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm not sure ideal men play well in fiction. Hmm. You know, right. Han Solo is damn cool, but he's not right. ideal. Right, right, right. You know, anyone who's gone on the hero's journey, you know, a la Joseph Campbell in any of these movies, goes through a period where they're messed up and the flaws Probably. are what make the story interesting. Yeah, right. You know, I would say in terms of understanding how to communicate with women and attract them, Hank Moody 
David Duchovny's character in Californication is just a wizard. Right. Sean Connery's James Bond is damn cool. But, you know, if you're capping people in the head and killing them, I'm not sure if that's a perfect representation. Right. Even if they are bad guys. Right. You know, and you have your Rocky Balboas of the world who overcome things. But, you know, they're flawed men, which is what Mm -hmm. makes them more interesting. Right. But, um, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, a lot of times the fictional characters are based on either a stock character in Hollywood or something archetypal within yeah. us right. and, and some, or, or something we want to aspire to or something we've seen before and can relate to. Yeah. So when you get a, an old Western movie like the good, bad and the ugly. Yeah. And you, and you contrast Eli Wallach's character Tuco, with, you know, Clint Eastwood's character, the man with no name yeah. and they're polar opposites. But Eli Wallach is the reason why, along with the music probably, you know, is why that movie is so more vastly popular than the two movies that came before it. Right. Fistful dollars. A few right. dollars more. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most people say, you know, the, the sequel is always worse than the original. That's the third one. Yeah. It's the third one. It's the most remembered. No one yes. really remembers the first two. Uh, they're both very good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, Lee Van Cleef's in them, you know, the angel eyes guy. I, he's a great actor too. Very underrated. But I mean, Eli Wallach as Tuco steals the show. Yeah. He, he's just a, he's a scatterbrain. He's awful. Yeah. It's, but you know, I think we all know someone like that. And, and right. it makes the show. Meanwhile, Clint Eastwood is so quiet. You don't want to be like him. I mean, right. can you imagine, you know, Clint Eastwood's character in those movies on a date with a chick? It wouldn't Never go well. talking, smoking no. a cigar. <laughs> yeah. gonna, she's going, okay, I guess there's not going to be a second date. Bye. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, there are characters I love and and and, and think are wonderful. Like I, yeah. I love, I, I love Kenny freaking Powers on Eastbound and Down. You yeah. know, Danny McBride. Yeah, I still love it, but I don't want to be that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, one of my favorite movies is Cool Hand Luke because I, I, I just love you know Paul Newman, and and he's so cool in that movie. He's just the coolest dude, but he's a criminal and he ends up paying richly for it. Um. So, I mean, you know, it's as if you can draw certain characteristics about right. people. Right. You know, I would love Steve McQueen's integrity and in bullet. And I would argue that Paul McQueen, dare I say, is probably cooler than Steve McQueen and bullet, even, even though McQueen's the king of cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there you go. I think, you know, if you take a composite, like I would like to right. have this guy's take slices of all your favorite traits. Right. Yeah, right, that's composites are the way to go there, I, because I'm not sure that there's ever really been. I mean, you can you can give me some examples of your own, because I'm sure this is a question you've thought about. But I, I mean, it just seems like in in fiction, it's a lot more interesting when when the characters are fundamentally imperfect. Oh, of course, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Right. Well, uh, we're actually almost out of time for the public interview, uh, so before we end this, where can more people find out about you? Well, I've created a special page for people, so whether you're a reader or a listener. Okay, you can you can choose your poison, and I'll give you something really valuable for free. If you're a reader, I'll give you my first book, "Deserve What You Want," which was thirty-seven dollars, but I'm giving it to you for free. Um, you can get both of them if you want, or if you're a listener, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast. It's very popular on iTunes, called "The Mountaintop," where we talk about being a better man, getting better women in your life, 
And we talk about some of the same themes that we talked about today, but indeed a whole lot more than that. And all that's there for you at scottmckay.net. That's all you have to remember. It's one T in Scott, S-C-O-T-M-C-K-A-Y. Um, people ask me if that's my real name or a pen name. And I go, well, look, if it was my pen name, would I have spelled it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's actually what's on my driver's license. S-C-O-T-M-C-K-A-Y. Really? Yeah. That's funny. And um, whether you're a reader or a listener, get on board. Get both. Join us on the – you guys are podcast listeners. Join the Mountaintop Podcast. Grab a, grab a few recent uh, episodes with topics that interest you and give it a couple of times to get in the flow of it. I think you guys will really like it. Awesome, man. Thank you. And I'll put those links in the show notes for you guys. Cheers. Be cool. good. Cheers, man. Thank you. Want to see what the top experts have to say behind the scenes? Just go to modernbiotechradio.com and you'll get instant access to every behind the scenes interview for free. Now, these interviews are not for the public, so please don't share. But if you'd like to pull back the curtain with me and learn what secrets they reveal, just go to modernbiotechradio.com and get instant access to these interviews for free. Again, that's modernbiotechradio.com. If you'd like to learn the best kept secrets that they can't share publicly, but allowed me to share in private, just go to modernbiotechradio.com and get instant access to all of these interviews completely free. I'll see you there.